Hey, South Africa. Welcome to Farmers Inside Track Weekend. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu, the editor for audience and engagement at Foodform Zanzi. Our actions are our future. This is the theme of World Food Day, commemorated today to heighten public awareness of the problem of hunger globally. Now, joining us this week to talk about this global crisis is Professor Lindiwe Sibanda, Director and Chair of the Africa Research University's Alliance Center of Excellence in Sustainable Food Systems at the University of Pretoria. Professor, this year we commemorate World Food Day under the theme, Our Actions Are Our Future, Better Production, Better Nutrition, A Better Environment and Better Life. What does this mean to you as professor in your position at the University of Pretoria, but more specifically also as a farmer? They love the focus for this year's World Food Day. Why? Because it speaks to the issue of nutrition, not just food. Currently, as Director of Sustainable Food Systems at the Center of Excellence at the University of Pretoria, I think one thing that we have failed to unpack as Africans is the issue of nutrition. I say that because in my local language, there is no translation for nutrition. Yet, when we talk about food security, we talk about being full. And yet, food nutrition is about nourishing the body, giving it health. So, as we focus on this theme, let's look at the food we eat. And I think another equivalent to this theme would have been, you are what you eat. When we look at the obesity levels, the stunting levels in Africa, it's because we are what we eat. We are not nourishing our bodies. We are feeding our bodies with junk. Where is this junk coming from? It's coming from highly processed foods that are high in oil, high in sugar, and high in salt. Where is that landing? It's landing in our hearts, giving us hypertension. It's landing in our body as fat deposits, which are the stores for all the bad chemicals that we are absorbing. So as we focus on this, I'm saying, can we look at what we eat? Can we ask questions? Is there enough diversity? And one way to check on diversity is the color on your plate. Do you have the reds, the greens, the yellow, the oranges, and the white on your plate? Second, the quantities. Can we have more of the colored food than the white starch, which is usually your rice, which is usually your pap, which is your strala or sadza in Zimbabwe, where I come from? But really try and make sure we have more vegetable, more fruits in our diet. But also, as we do all this, can we reduce the food waste and loss? Because we take so much food when we're in hotels or when we're in weddings or at funerals, and we leave it on the plate. Think about the damage to the environment. That food you are leaving on the plate goes to the dustbin. When it's in the dustbin, what you're throwing away is the water that has gone into producing that food. It's the energy that has gone into cooking that food or producing it on farm. You are polluting the climate and contributing to climate change. So there's a lot that we can do at individual level to preserve our health and to preserve the health of our planet. Thanks so much, Professor. My takeaway there is definitely you are what you eat. Diversify your menu and your meals and think about it holistically. I don't think many people do. So I think that's definitely my takeaway from the points that you just raised. Now, Professor, in our previous discussions with you here on Farmers Inside Track, 
you highlighted that the issues of food inequality where people are not getting enough nutritious food in their diet, like you just mentioned, is also a consequence of our current food system. How do we then realistically start addressing this issue globally? I think people are not getting enough food because there is uh, inequality in the incomes, but more important, ignorance. If I knew what to eat and how much to eat, I would prioritize and make sure that the little money I have goes into buying quality and the right quantity. But you find in most cases, it's the poorest who buy the rubbish food. I'm sorry to use that term. And if they were educated on what nutritious food is, they would make sure that they get at least some of that. So education is key. Let's step out of our agriculture comfort zone and educate the population. The second one on inequality of uh, incomes and the living wage. I know that for us in South Africa, it's one of the countries with the highest inequalities. The poor are very poor and the rich are rich. How do we define a living wage that will provide a basket of nutritious food per household? How do we make sure those social grants are given in a form that enhances the health of the planet and the health of people? So education and closing the gap on inequality on income would be my main recommendations on us achieving access to food and nutritious diets. In closing, what is your key message to farmers, agriculturalists, and others working in our food systems on World Food Day? To my fellow folks, the farmers, to the researchers, to the policymakers, anybody, everybody has a stake in the issue of food business. Stay in there. There is no dignity if we cannot feed ourselves and if we cannot nourish our bodies. Thank you so much for your time today, Professor. It's always great connecting with you and everything of the best with the work that you're doing. Thank you very much. Happy World Food Day. Always great having you with us, Professor Lindiwe Sibanda, Director and Chair of the Africa Research University's Alliance Center of Excellence in Sustainable Food Systems at the University of Pretoria. Next up, we chat to Trinisani Kwabe, an agricultural researcher at the Mangosutu University of Technologies Institute for Rural Development and Community Engagement. Plus, he farms with indigenous crops in Mzanzi. Kinisani, you're adamant that indigenous vegetables play an important nutritional role in rural areas where unemployment is rife and education levels are low. How can growing indigenous crops and the farming methods that go with it play a role in addressing issues around food insecurity and eradicating the hunger crisis globally? The reason why I speak so boldly about indigenous vegetables and their associated production methods is because they provide convenience for the people. You don't have to spend much in terms of farming inputs. You don't have to spend much in terms of seeds, fertilizers, and other things that you would normally use when you are growing your exotic crops, for example, because of the traditional methods that these crops are adapted to. I'll make an example with my famous amadumbe, for example. You plant the following growing season, you keep from your current harvest and then you use that to replant which you obviously cannot do with your spinach especially if it's not heirloom spinach. In terms of the production methods the reason why I say it provides convenience for the people is because 
you use what is readily available for you. I'm speaking organic matter, organic material. People in rural areas in particular, which are my spaces of interest, by the way, they would use crawl manure. They would use kitchen waste. They would use non-chemical fertilizers during production. And that is easy for them to access. And that plays a very important role, considering the fact that in most rural spaces, people are suffering from the triple challenges. Unemployment, inequality and poverty, food poverty in particular, money poverty as well, and other forms of poverty that I may not think of right now. So it plays a, a very critical role because the money that would be spent buying these chemical fertilizers during production would then be used to substitute for other household needs. Food, for example, food products that cannot be grown, for example, clothes, paying for school education for the children. So that is why I believe that these undervalued traditional crops are of high significance, which unfortunately is not well appreciated in our society today. And then what advice do you have to new farmers interested in growing more indigenous crops? And how do they source a market for these crops? My advice to people that want to grow indigenous vegetables is establish links with small-scale farmers, particularly in rural community. Each and every area, I believe, has its own indigenous vegetables, has its indigenous crops. So start by linking with small-scale farmers. Seek advice from them uh, because there are things that you would normally have to know. For example, some of these indigenous crops cannot be grown in certain seasons. Some of them can be grown in most seasons, in all seasons, in fact, like your sweet potatoes. Those are the kinds of things I believe people that are already practicing this indigenous crop production could assist with. So I think it's very important that we not only network with people that are in there upper scheme of things but also people in those isolated communities who are surviving on this secondly with regards to accessing markets i would say it's very important again to market yourself you go to the store you ask for the vegetable section manager and then you tell them this is the product that i'm currently producing would you be interested in some cases, they would say yes. In some cases, they would say no. Especially if it is something that their clients are more familiar with or if it's something they see has a potential to be sold. But also, you have to be able to negotiate and to convince because I think that plays an important role as well. Why should I sell Amadumbe when we are in Cape Town and people in Cape Town are not familiar with Amadumbe? What are they going to offer for our people? So it's those basic things that also count. And obviously, you have to be reasonable with your pricing. You are dealing with people that want to make profit. So don't only think about yourself, but also think about the other parties as well. Thanks for joining us. Kunisani Kwabe, agricultural researcher at the Mongosutu University of Technologies Institute for Rural Development and Community Engagement. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Remember, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends family members, and of course, your fellow farmers. From me, Don Numdu and Megan van der Fent, our producer, and the rest of the Food Form Zanzi team, have a great weekend. Life in South Africa can be a lot. 
I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. You've been listening to the Farmer's Inside Track Podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.